Hello everyone and welcome to Christ Fellowship Online. My name is Jeannie Rodriguez and I want to thank you so much for joining us. If this is your first time, I want to invite you to pause the broadcast and fill out a connection card at cfmiami.org connect. This will help us connect with you and know how we can best serve you during this season. And now, a special message by Pastor Carlos. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face, what's that next word? Say it like you mean it, trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Amen? Well, you can have a seat now at all of our campuses. I want to set up the teaching by sharing a story about my mom. She actually comes to this church, and so thank you, Mom. I love you. I want to honor you in front of the church. And so when I was growing up as a child, as a little boy, there were a lot of things that my mom wanted me to do, but on the other side, there were a lot of things that my mom didn't want me to do. And as a boy, I loved martial arts. I loved anything that had to do with karate. I thought that there was something unique and special about that white robe and all the different belts that you would put around your waist, the blue belt, yellow, green, and finally obtain the black belts. But folks, my mom didn't want me to do karate. She shut that down. She said, nope. And I thank her for it because I'm more of a lover, not a fighter. And so thank you, mom. But I still loved martial arts. And there was a very well-known movie when I was a boy called Karate Kid. How many of you remember that movie, Karate Kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome, awesome movie. But in case you haven't watched it, let me give you a quick overview on the movie. Because it's centered around this young boy who's 17 years old by the name of Daniel who becomes the Karate Kid. And he would move to another city with his mom. And in his school, he was getting bullied by other students, by other kids. And so all of a sudden, he would encounter and meet this older, wise man by the name of Mr. What? Miyagi. Don't you love that guy? There's something special about him, you know, all the wisdom and the knowledge that he has. And so he would begin to teach him how to fight karate, but you would think that he would teach this young boy how to punch or how to kick or how to block but he would begin to teach this boy how to do things in his house. He would begin to teach him how to paint the fence, how to wash a car, how to what? Wax a car, wax on and wax off. And so this boy thought, there is no value in this. There is no purpose. There is no meaning in what I'm doing I am just wasting my time. What is this old man teaching me? And he was beginning to get frustrated and agitated. In fact, take a moment and watch this video. Yeah, I guess that means I could accomplish anything. I'm huh, Mr. Miyagi. Hey. No sweat. At first, you accomplish paint defense. Hey. All in the wrist. Wrist. Up. Down. Let's make sacred pact. I promise teach karate. That's my part. You promise learn. I say you do. 
No question. That you part. Still? Still? Yes. First wash all the car, then wax. Wax. But what do I have to wash all the car? Remember, dear, no question. Yeah, but I... Wax on, right hand. Wax off, left hand. Wax on, wax off. Breathe in through nose, out the mouth. Wax on, wax off. Don't forget to breathe. Very important. Wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. Hey, where these cars come from? Wax on, Detroit. Wax off. You see, as you watch the movie, you would see that this young boy is frustrated, agitated, discouraged, upset, sad. He felt like there was no purpose, no value, no meaning in what that older man, the master, was teaching him. But little did he know that it was actually developing skills that were necessary in karate. In fact, take a look at this video clip. Show me penta fence. Up, down. Up, down. Up, down. Other side. Look, I. Always look, I. Show me penta house. Side, side. Lock wrist, side, 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 side. Yes. Show me wax on, wax off. Yes! 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 Show me painter fence. Yes! 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 Show me side to side. Yes! 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 That's awesome, right? You see, there were, he thought that there was no purpose in what the master was teaching him. He thought that it was purposeless to learn how to wash a car, but it was teaching him necessary skills in karate. Now, let me bring that story to our teaching for today, because what an image of our life. You see, in life, we're going to go through some difficult moments. There are going to be some moments that we're going to face trials, challenges, obstacles in life. We're going to have to go through some suffering and oftentimes, it can feel like there's no purpose behind it. It can feel like it has no meaning and no value. And maybe as we celebrate moms this weekend, perhaps you're a mother. And as you walk through those doors, perhaps you're going through a trial with your son or your daughter or a grandchild. And you feel like there is no purpose behind that trial or maybe you just lost your job and you're going through that trial and you feel like there is no purpose, no meaning behind that. But here's what I want you to understand today. In fact, this is our big idea for this weekend. God's will for your life is to find purpose 
in your trials. God's will for your life is to find purpose in your trials. Now, you may be thinking, Pastor Carlos, how exactly do I find a purpose? I'm going through this suffering. I'm going through this difficult moment in life. How do I find a purpose? Well, we're going to find out today as we navigate through this very powerful passage found in James chapter 1. So if you're, you have your listening guides, if you can just take them out right now. We love to take notes here. If you have your app, make sure that you pull out your smartphone devices as well. Here's the first point that I want you to write down today. We all face different kinds of trials. We all face different kinds of trials. Here's what the Bible says in James chapter 1, verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face, what's that next word? Say it like you mean it. Trials of many kinds. Now, let me set up this context, this passage, by giving you some context on this teaching. You see, James is writing this book, and it's actually one of the first books written in the New Testament. James is the brother, half-brother of Jesus, and he's in Jerusalem, and it was written about 12 years after the resurrection of Christ. And as James is in Jerusalem writing this book, all over that area, there are a lot of Christians who are being persecuted for their faith. In other words, people are killing Christians because they believe in Jesus. And so as James is writing this book, he is facing heavy persecution. Now, if you've ever studied the book of James and studied the life of James, James would actually die because of his belief, because he believed in the teachings of Christ. And so James is reminding his audience and he's reminding every single one of us that in this life, there are going to be some troubles. In this life, we're going to face some difficult moments. In this life, we're going to have some trials that we have to go through. You know, earlier this week, I was uh, meeting with one of our kids directors, Vera. You saw her on stage, and she leads uh, the ministry, the min- part of the ministry, and she was telling me, Pastor Carlos, you know, because of my role in this church, I engage with a lot of families and a lot of parents and children. And in our church, there's a lot of suffering that's going on. See, a lot of people in our church, they're going through trials in life. You see, for a high school or middle school student, perhaps your trial is that you're being bullied by someone in your school. Or perhaps people are writing nasty comments about you on Snapchat or Instagram. People are making fun of you or you're afraid to lose, that you're going to lose your, you're, you're going to fail a class. And that is a trial. Or maybe for some of you, as you, we celebrate moms, this day is a sad day for you because for whatever reason, you've been trying to have children. And for whatever reason, you haven't had the chance to have children. That is a trial. Or maybe you and your husband, you're trying to figure out how to pay your mortgage and how to pay your insurance. And as you look through the spreadsheet, your expenses outweigh your income. That is is a trial. The truth of the matter is that we all face different kinds of trials. Old people face trials, young people, well-resourced people, under-resourced people. And James is telling us something so important. Whenever we face difficult moments, and here's what the Word of God says in James chapter 1, verse 2, if we can pull up the verse, it says, consider it pure joy. Now, if you're taking notes, I want you to circle 
or underline the word consider. In fact, say with me, consider. consider. Say it like you mean it, consider. James says, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. You see that word consider in the Greek is the word hagamea. We've told you many times that the New Testament was first written in Greek and then translated into other languages. And that word means to think, to rule over, or to perceive. In other words, what James is not saying is that your problem is a good thing. Losing your marriage is not a good thing. Losing your job is not a good thing. Losing your home is not a good thing. What James is saying is that your perception, the way that you think about that, the way that you rule over that situation is by choosing joy. In spite of your situation, in spite of how bad it seems, you are going to choose to be joyful. And one of the ways that we change our perception is by understanding that every single trial that we go through in life, there is a purpose. God does not waste your suffering. God uses every single hardship in your life for a purpose. In fact, I want you to write this down as your next point for today. Trials are purposeful, not purposeless. Trials are purposeful, not purposeless. You know, earlier this week, I was driving into my garage, and as I got out of the car and I went to my house, there was this five-pound dumbbell was on the floor, and I almost stumbled over it. By the way, this is my wife's. This is not mine, okay? I lift heavier stuff. And so I stumbled over it, and I almost fell. And the following day at the gym, I was thinking to myself, I was looking at the weights on the racks, and I was thinking to myself, you know, weights, if it's not used for its intended purpose, it's just a waste. Like, think about this. This is just metal. This is just iron. This is just a plate of 5 or 10 or 20 pounds. It is just a waste if you do not use it for its designed purpose. Let me give you a visual of that. I'm going to ask some of our volunteers to come up on stage. Can we give it up for them? Can we give it up for them? Andy here is representing someone who's about to go to work. And as you start your day, you open up your briefcase. No one gets a plate of weight and says, you know what? I'm just going to put it inside my briefcase. I'm just going to close it. And wherever I go, go Andy, the entire day, I'm just going to go from one meeting to another meeting, from one office to the cubicle to the lunchroom. And I'm just going to carry around that weight inside my briefcase. We don't do that. Because there's no purpose behind it. As we start our school day, we're getting ready to go to school, and we're going to face that exam. I'm just going to drop a pound of, 15 pounds of dumbbell right in the book bag. Yeah, you can handle that? All right. We're going to go from one class to the other class, one period to the other period. Go see a teacher. Go see my friends. And we're just going to carry that. We don't do it because there's no purpose. Or the mommies, come on, let's celebrate all the moms. We love you, mom. As you have your diaper bag and you have it filled with all these things, right? Diapers, baby bottle, pacifiers, Lysol, baby wipes, all that stuff. I'm just going to drop a five-pound dumbbell and put it inside here. There you go. And as I make my way to Aldi's, Trader Joe's, Target, where the falls, Dayland, 
Macy's. I'm just going to carry that weight with me. There is no purpose behind it. There is no value. However, when you carry the same weight and you use it for its design purpose, now it doesn't bring you down and it's not hurtful, but now there is a purpose. In fact, Andy, take that weight. When you start using it for its design purpose, now something happens. It starts building muscle. It starts developing your shoulders. It starts developing your biceps, your triceps. You become more lean. Thank you so much, Andy. Can we give it up for Andy? When it's not used for its design purpose, what happens? It brings you down. It weighs you down. It hurts your back. It hurts your body. But if you carry the same weights and you leverage it for its purpose, it is helpful for you. Can I remind you all of your hardships that you go through in life, all the difficult moments that you face, all of your trials, if you leverage them, God, there is a purpose inside that God wants to do in you and through you. God is trying to develop you to be the man and the woman that he's called you to be, which is why the Apostle Paul says in Romans 8, 28, all things, not some, not a few, not the good things only, but all things. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his what? Purpose. Tell the person next to you, there is a purpose. Tell the other person next to you, there is a purpose. You see, I love what John Newton, the writer of the very well-known hymn, Amazing Grace, John Newton said this about trials, everything is necessary. In other words, there's a purpose that God sends our way. Nothing can be necessary that he withholds. You see, oftentimes when we go through difficult moments in life, we pray and we beg for God to remove us out of the situation when God wants us to learn what is the purpose behind that situation. What are you trying to teach me, Lord, as I go through the season in my life? One of the purposes that God allows for trials to take place, here's the next point that I want you to write down, trials test our faith. Trials test our faith. Here's what James chapter 1 verse 2 says, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the what? Testing. testing. Say it with me. Testing. testing. Testing of your faith. First Peter chapter 1, verse 6. The apostle Peter uses very similar language to James. And he says, in all this, you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than Gold. God will allow suffering and trials to take place to see whether or not our faith is real, whether or not our faith is authentic. In fact, if you study the book of James, the main idea of the book of James is your faith, real, genuine faith. You see, when I was 18 years old, I worked as a bank teller throughout my college years. And one of the things that they gave us, they resourced us with, with this uh, counterfeit detection pen. And you see, there is a chemical inside this marker, inside this pen, 
And that chemical, there's a certain reaction that takes place whenever you would mark a bill that was not real. Whenever a bill was not real and it marks it, there is a chemical reaction that takes place. That is exactly the same with trials. It is exactly the same with suffering. When your faith is not real, when your faith is not authentic, it leads you to walk out on the things of God. Why? Because a tested faith is a trusted faith. And you see, trials in life, the way that you react when you go through difficult moments says a lot about your faith. Trials will either build your faith or it will destroy your faith. And here's what James says in James chapter 1, verse 3. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces what? Say it loud and clear. Produces what? Now, if you're taking notes, I want you to circle or underline that word perseverance. Because in the New Testament, the word perseverance in the Greek is the word hupomaneia, which means to continue, to endure, and to remain. You see, it is one thing to start something, and it's another thing to continue something. Just about anybody can start a business, but not everyone can continue leading a business. Just about anyone can get married, but not everyone can continue in their marriage. Just about anybody can come to church on the weekends, go to a small group, but not everyone continues going to church or going to the small group. So the way that we overcome trials in life and suffering is having the gift and the grace of perseverance. Persevere through the difficult moments in life. And the way that you persevere in life is when you remember God's past faithfulness. When you look back in time, you say, God was with me when I went through that trial. That's one of the ways. In fact, I want you to, yeah, you can clap it up for the Lord. Write that down as your next point for today. You persevere by remembering God's past faithfulness. You know, I love being a dad. It is a blessing and a grace and a gift of God. But can I be honest with you? Sometimes it can feel like I'm going through some trials with my children. In fact, moms, you are amazing. My love and appreciation for my wife grew immensely the moment that we had children. And I want to honor my wife. I love you, babe. You're an amazing mom and wife. Because it can be hard being a parent. And so I remember when we had Noah, it was our first son. We had no idea what to do. And so three months after uh, my wife gave birth, she went back to work. And Fridays are my day off, so it's my Sabbath. So I would spend the entire day with Noah on Fridays. The moment that she would leave the house, I was calling my wife every five minutes. Babe, how do you put this boy to sleep? How do you do this bottle thing? And how warm should the milk be? And how do you change this diaper? I was calling her every five minutes. And she's like, babe, stop bothering me. I'm at work. And when she wouldn't pick up, I would call my mom. Mommy, help me. Are you the man? Yes. And when my mom would not pick up, I would go to Google. 
This boy doesn't want to sleep. How do I rock him? Should I put Benadryl? I don't know what to do. I'm just kidding. Never did that. I had no idea what I was doing. But then we had another son. And now we have another daughter. Can I tell you, I feel like a pro sometimes. I feel like bring them all on. I can shower them quick. Put a stopwatch. I'll make this happen. I got this. There is a level of confidence that I have. Why? Because I remember God's past grace. And because God gave me the grace in the past, he's going to give me the grace in the present. And he's going to give me the grace in the future. One of the ways that you persevere is when you remember. I remember God was with me in the past. He's going to be with me in the present. He's going to be with me in the future. David, a young boy who was about 16, 17 years old, went to face Goliath. Goliath, an entire nation was afraid of this giant. And David says in 1 Samuel chapter 17, you know what? The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. In other words, in other words, God rescued me when I faced that bear. God rescued me when I faced that lion. He's going to rescue me when I face this giant because that's the God that I serve. And so the way that you continue, the way that you remain is by remembering God's past faithfulness. God's past faithfulness. Another reason why trials take place is because it is an opportunity for us to testify. Say it with me, testify. Say it like you mean to testify. Testify about our faith. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6. And all this, Peter says, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds, various types of trials, just like James, so that it may result in praise, glory, and, say with me, honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Every time you go through a trial in life, it is an opportunity for you to testify of God's goodness, God's sovereignty, God's purposes. God is in control in the midst of my trial. You know, two months ago, I received a text message from a small group leader here at Christ Fellowship. They have been coming to our church for many, many years. Their names are Rick and Terry. And Rick had been working for Jackson Hospital for 29 years. Faithful, hardworking man, responsible man. Well, on March 19th of this year, he would receive in a letter that in 30 days he was no longer going to be employed. He was going to be laid off. He didn't do anything wrong. It was just that they were going to do some layoffs into him and his department. And folks, I remember receiving a text message and they send a group text and they said, you know what? We're afraid. We're a little anxious. But you know what? We're going to believe that there is a purpose behind this trial. In fact, Terry told me this week, she said, Pastor Carlos, I told myself, we're going to continue to worship God. We're going to continue to come to church. We're going to continue to serve. We're in fact going to even continue to give back to God. So 30 days would have been April 19th, which was Good Friday this year, when we celebrated the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Well, the day before, on April 18th at 2 p.m., 
they would call Rick into an office of his supervisor. And they told him, Rick, be back Monday. You still have a job. Because that's the God that we serve. They could have walked out of their faith. They could have left Jesus, but they said, you know what? We're going to continue to worship God. And I love this. Don't miss this. Terry told me one of the reasons I was able to overcome this trial is because I had other people around me. I had others. Ladies, this Wednesday, we have our women's gathering here at this campus. Yes, be here. You need other women to do life with. So in all of your hardships, it is an opportunity for you to testify about Christ. Trials also happen because trials draw us closer to God. Write this down as your next point. Trials draw us closer to God. Here's what James chapter 1 verse 4 says. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be what? So that you may be what? Mature. In other words, when you go through hardships in life and you persevere, you're going to grow more like Christ and you're going to draw closer to him. You know, I've been on staff for nine years here at Christ Fellowship, and it is an honor to do what I get to do. And in my years here at Christ Fellowship, I have never had anyone come into my office and say, Pastor Carlos, Pastor Carlos, the time I drew closest to God was that time that I bought that beautiful car with the leather seats and all the features and the alloy rims. That was the time that I drew closest to God. Or Pastor Carlos, the time that I met the love of my life, that we made it Facebook official, that was the time that I drew closest to God. That time that I landed that business deal, that I got the promotion, that I purchased that home, that was the time that I drew closest to God. That has never happened. Those aren't bad things. They're good things. And God allows us some blessings at times. But usually... It is not in the times of success, comfort, or ease that we draw closest to God. Usually, it is in the moments of adversity and challenges and trials that we draw closer to Jesus. And I see this in my children. See, my boys, when they're having a good time and they're enjoying life with their friends, they ignore daddy and they ignore their mommy. But when they feel fear and they're going through a trial, they come to us. They come to their dad. They come to their mom. You know, a couple months ago, we were at Disney and my middle child, we went on this ride called Barnstormer. I think it's, it's the goofy ride. And as we are waiting in line, my son Nathan is all happy and excited and joyful about going on this ride. And so we hop into the ride and here's us together just looking around and as the ride continues and it gets a little worse and worse and worse here's what happens but this is a visual that when you go through the roller coasters of life hold on to daddy because he was holding on and he said I'm going through some stuff you may be facing some trials you may be facing some tribulations but I'm holding on to daddy in spite of whatever I'm going through in life. You know, people have told me, 
Pastor Carlos, God will never give you more than you can't handle. That's not true. When the Bible says that, it's talking about temptations, not about trials. Sometimes God will give you more than you can handle. Why? So that your dependency could go from self to God. And you could say, God, here I am. I can't handle it. I mean, I can't handle it. I'm going to surrender it to you because you are my daddy and you are good. In spite of what I'm going through in life, you are a good father. And I'm going to hold on to daddy. So whatever you're going through in life, hold on and persevere. There is a purpose behind that trial. God does not waste your suffering. Maybe you're a mom. And you're facing some trials in life with your husband or your children. There is a purpose behind it. Hold on to your daddy. Maybe you just lost your job or you got the bad medical, medical report. Hold on to your daddy. Whatever trial you're going through in life, there is a purpose. We want to end things a little differently today, this weekend. We've been doing this since yesterday. We want to end this moment by opening up the altar. I know many of you at our campuses, Redland, Homestead, Core Gables, West Kendall, Miami Springs, if you're watching us online, perhaps you're going through many trials in life. This is an opportunity for you to surrender it to God and leave it at the feet of Jesus. There is something special when your physical posture matches your heart posture. So we want to do right now, we're going to open up this altar. If you would like to come to the front and pray, I want to invite you, as the worship team continues to lead us in worship, take a moment right now at all of our campuses and make your way to the front and kneel before the presence of God.
Lord God, we come before you, Heavenly Father. We just pray for every single person in this room at all of our campuses, God, those who are online. Many of us are going through a hardship in life and a difficult moment, a trial, an affliction, a challenge, an obstacle. God, may you give us the grace to persevere, the wisdom, the guidance, the direction. God Almighty, you are good in spite of our situation. Thank you, Lord, because you died and you resurrected from the grave. So we worship you, Jesus, God. Help us to find purpose in our suffering and our trials. God, may we cling on to you, God. May we hold on to you and the promises that you have for our lives, God. I pray for every single person struggling, God, going through so much adversity in their life, God. Give them peace, mercy, grace, joy, love, forgiveness, happiness, comfort, God. And thank you, Lord, because you are a good father. and You walk alongside us. Thank you, God, because surely goodness and mercy will follow us in all of our days, God. You will never leave us nor forsake us. We thank you for those promises, God. I pray for all the families, all the mothers here, God. We're thankful for what they do for us, God. May you give them strength and boldness and love, God. May you continue to build them up to be the women and the mother that you've called them to be, Lord. Thank you, God. We thank you for this time. We worship you. The name above all names, Jesus Christ, the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Your word says in Colossians 1 that you hold all things together and you hold our lives together. Everything was created by you and through you, God. So we worship you, God, and we thank you. We thank you, God Almighty. Seal this prayer in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. If you want to take your next step as a believer, we want to hear about it. Let us know at cfmemmy.org slash connect and filling out a connection card. We want to thank you so much for joining us. We love you and God bless.